you are tuned into the Coolie and the Gang Show on Blockworks Radio. Doctors who didn't bother to press you against your mother's chest But that's okay, cause Jehovah say that your mother blessed And we are here to guide you through life and teach you what is best Do not have your kids in a hospital, they don't give a fuck Especially about you black folks, learn the how to deliver your own kids Have them at home, lead that placenta attached as long as you want, kid It's different for black boys, harder for black girls Start your own business venture, thrive in a black world Where you and your homies don't gotta worry about getting fired and facing discrimination we are creators we don't go begging for placement where we are not wanted and i'ma keep it a honey young and we used to be hunted they had us sitting in zoos so what you see in the yes. news is really nothing that's new they really targeting you you hear me talking to you but even if your bread straight, big house, nice car, gotta keep your head straight. People that be gossiping constantly, only dead weight. Wiser assessments of situations will carry you to your You are tuned into the Cooley and the Gang Show on Blockworks Radio. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, we're a little behind the, behind the eight ball, but uh, Professor, thank you for that jam. I, I like that. Uh, you yeah, are worth something. I will have to tell you about it. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That was uh, what was the name of that artist, Professor? K K O T A in France. Yeah, I like that. Um, and the song was called "For Colored Boys." Um, so we are cooling the game. We're a little late. Um, one of our guests is already waiting in uh, the waiting room. Um, we are on the road. I had a little bit of technical difficulties, but I figured it out. I am smarter than I look. Uh, I'm coming for you, La. Pops is in the building gonna say hey what's going on brothers i'm coming live from uh my, my father was uh kind enough to let me use his basement uh to set up camp and uh get this episode on the road so fellas how y'all feeling it's good cool y'all have a conversation about coronavirus before i cut y'all off yeah yeah we had a good conversation i don't even remember what the fact we was talking about that's how that's how the uh that's how the coronavirus is it'll make you forget everything don't, don't even worry about it just come on outside you, you ever seen uh what's that movie where they where they were they couldn't go outside and they had to be quiet i mean uh bird box come outside like bird box no i ain't seen that i, I don't know about bird box but i've seen return of the that. living i've seen return of the living dead and i'm yeah. good yeah that's right <laughs> that's right yeah i'm good well, I appreciate y'all for hanging out. Um, I hear something ringing, but um, so uh, what I'm going to do is we're going to have to just jump right into it because uh, my delay held us up. So uh, our first guest is here. Uh, he created the Black Co-op. Um, if you are not familiar with the Black Co-op, uh, you can find them on Facebook, um, also Instagram, and they are on the World Wide Web. So a good, 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 good brother that um, over the last couple of years of our CIAA trips, I've got to know him a little bit better. Um, Ray, how you feeling, man? Good, I'm good. How's everybody doing? Ray, Ray, Ray bro. What's going on? Ain't much, not much, not much. So the Black Co-op, let me tell you how, like, so you know you're on Facebook all day long and you get requests and alerts. <laughs> right. Like this page, like that page, because we do it here, cooling the game. 
it had no it had no face to it. But the name got me. I'm like it, that the name got me. That's what made me interested. Black co-op. So I'm like, eh, all right. I didn't find out it was you until you went live for the first time. And I'm like, ain't that about it. <laughs> so where did the idea for the black co-op, where did that come from? Um, so it started a couple of years ago. Um, I was getting ready to start a sports blog with a couple of friends and I wanted to do some other stuff. So I'd asked some people like, hey, who'd be interested in doing some other type of um, podcast? Actually, I said Blogman podcast. And um, a lot of people were interested and they gave me all these type of ideas. And it was a bit overwhelming at the time. Like, oh, wow, I can't really do all this. I can't do a hundred different podcasts. Then I was thinking, what if I can give people a platform to do these podcasts and do these blogs and people want to do comic strips and all types of stuff. Um, I wasn't ready for the idea at the time. And then earlier this year, um, when I wanted to revisit a blog I wanted to do, some other people reached out to me and I said, what if I made a platform that people could post their blogs, their articles, their podcasts, and have things come from our perspective. Because if you are reading a lot of stuff on Huffington Post or CNN, it's not our point of view. We don't really get our voice out enough. Um, and it's not all just when I say Black content. It's not just Black content, meaning, you know, Ali Boombaye. It could be about a movie review, but something that comes from our perspective. Um, and um, the other thing that happened was that, I, you know, I watch everybody, we watch Netflix, we watch shows, we watch a lot of things, and we don't know what to watch. And sometimes what happens is the analogy I give, Friends and Living Single are basically the same show. One is a cast of white people, others mm -hmm. is a cast of black people. If you look at IMDb, Living Single is rated 7.3, Friends is rated 8.9. It's rated 8.9 because white people are rating Friends 8.9, and not as many black people are on IMDb. You ask mm -hmm. most of us, which one we prefer, most people are going to pick Living Single amongst us. But if we're to go to IMDb for those ratings, you know, it's going to steer us in a different direction. So it was, you know, really about content and media and giving us a voice and a voice that we recognize we resonate with. Um, so that's kind of how it came together. It's like a million ideas that kind of converged at once. And You know, I did see that when I was, um, I, I did go register. I, yeah. I, got my, I got my welcome email and my password. <laughs> And then, um, but that was a part of it I did not realize is when I went, it did look like it did have the I am, uh, I always say it wrong. I am, what is it, Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I use that app all the time. Like I track, yeah, rate it, I use it. I like that app. So it did have that feel to it. So when I was scrolling through, I was actually looking and I'm like, and the best part I like about it is I like to look and be like, hmm, do I agree with that? Huh, let me go back and check it out again. So what about, what about your ideas? Because in your lives, you have like, your lives are very interactive. Yeah the game shows. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, uh, these be easy. I was thinking about doing it. I was, you know, with, um, the coronavirus and everything, everybody's being in, I was trying to figure out a way to get some engagement, get some people, you know, to the site, um, get some branding out there. And I discovered the game show aspect. Um, DJ be easy had, after I discovered it, he did one. So I was like, you know, it looks like it's viable. Um, we can do this. So, I started running with it. So like every Thursday, this yesterday we missed the first one because they had a lot of development to do. Um, we do the game show lives. Um, you know, we have, we have a good time, about 25 questions or so. We mix it up where it's a little it's similar to um, Black Harvey Volk if anybody's played it. So we have the trivia aspect, but in between each trivia question, we do like a majority rules question. So it'll say, you know, 
who is the greatest rap group of all time? And I'll give like four options that people will get in and debate and speak about and stuff like that. We do live Zooms for it too. So um, just a time for people to kick back while everybody's stuck in the house and, you know, um, and have a good time while they're on the phone or while they're on Facebook. And it's brought more people to the site. A lot of people that have joined the live and joined the, the game show didn't even know about the Black Co-op. They, somebody shared it on the page or something, or somebody told or they saw me go live. And afterwards, like, oh, right. Oh, this is cool. Oh, this, I like this site. Or I've been wanting to do a podcast for years. I need to get in contact with you. How do I get this set up? So it's, it's done a really good job of getting, you know, giving people something to do, but also bringing attention to the site. So now you find yourself the liaison of showing people how to get things on the internet. I know how that goes. <laughs> it's almost yep, yep, exactly. like professional now. <laughs> yeah, that's me. And the good thing is because sometimes people don't want to, sometimes people want to get the product done and they don't want to have all the hassle. So that's the other thing too. Like if you don't want to do the advertising, you don't want to do all this stuff, you put it up there. Like give me the link, give me your RSS feed. I'll help you out. And your content's out there. Because sometimes people just want to get the content. People just want to record a podcast. They just want to write a blog. They don't have to worry about all the extra stuff. So it kind of helps out those people too. So when when does the live air? Uh, Thursdays at eight. Every Thursday at eight o'clock, the Black Co-op. So so you said that it's a spot for podcasts and everything. So I I'm just waiting. Do we get invited to post up on the? Uh... Oh, hey, hey, look, look, you know, you know, <laughs> once you, once you came back, once you came back, I was like, I have to have a conversation with him. And you know, see what we can do. See how I can get y'all up there, cause um, you I know, like being on any any platform that I can be on, I, I'll post up. And you know, and you already know me. You know, I'm spreading the wealth. So as soon as I saw, you know, you know, months though back, like, oh, these come back up. Like, all right, cool. I gotta get with them. I gotta get them on there. Um, and I try to keep everybody. So like, you know, like if you guys, you know, already um, are putting stuff on Apple Podcast, Spotify, mm-hmm. it's really just giving the RSS feed, so you don't have to do anything extra. So that's oh. like the benefit of it too. Is that I want to make this as easy as possible for everybody. And um, the other thing that, so we have about 12 podcasters so far, about five to six writers, still looking for more. Um, and people get, you can get paid off of the site. We have ads, we have paid ads, and every, all the content creators get paid a large, the majority of the percentage from the from the content that they generate. So it's not even like a labor of love, come, hey, come write, come post in the school. No, like you, if, you, if you have good work, you have people coming to it, you get paid. And the more people that bring, even if people are selfish and only bring people to themselves, it still helps out the site. And it still helps yeah, everybody. Yeah. So it's, you know, a rising tide raises, lifts all shit. Um, and so when people do are doing podcasts, all you do is give me the RSS feed and it's set up. You only have to do is go check, just make sure it looks good every once in a while, but it automatically um, will scrub your RSS feed every day for new episodes. So you really don't have to do anything. Um, I try to make it easy for everybody. Um, cause my focus is just make sure people have good content. I don't want them to worry about the technicalities and things of that sort. So, so what's the future for the black co-op? Where would you like to see everyone? What's the plan? If you don't mind, you know, giving us a little bit of detail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's we, a good like, we like exclusives. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys some, cause if you, if we had this conversation two weeks ago, the direction of the site would be completely different. So over the past two weeks, we've launched our social platform. So, mm. Replicates a lot of the features on Facebook. So we have, you know, status updates, groups. We have forms. We have um, photo tagging. We have basically all the features we have on Facebook. Um, this was suggested to somebody. You know, a lot of people like cancel Facebook. They donated Trump, and people said, "Right, you should integrate this." So we did it. We also launched the um, both the Black Business Directory, which is basically has all the functionality of Yelp, 
on there so you can search for different companies. They're all black owned businesses. Um, it's you just admitted. So I've loaded some so far and I've always expanding, but it's for people to go in and if you have a black business, you can put it up there, it's free of charge. Um, you can search for it based on the maps, um, look at look at different um, reviews. You can leave a review, leave a rating, um, search for by those things. Um, so a lot of the functionality you have on Yelp. And then I relaunched the canceled directory, which is basically for businesses that have dis, um, displayed acts of racism and discrimination against us. So it's not if you go to Granny's and your chicken was cold, you don't you don't leave you don't put them up there for that. But if you went out and you know the person didn't sell you a bike because you're a black or change the price on you, then you you put them up there, put some documentation, leave some pictures, and people know who to avoid because um, it's about time that us as black people start speaking with our dollars. And until we start doing that, people aren't going to change. People aren't going to really respect us. They're going to feel as if they could do whatever they want to until we start saying, hey, look, no more of that is enough. I'm going to take my dollar to somebody else that values it. Um, so those are things that are coming up. We have a dating aspect coming up where we're going to, you know, not try to take over Tinder. But um, as a side, I met my wife on Tinder. Like, I met my wife on Tinder. So I believe, you know, the dating apps work. So I have a little, I have a little um, extra motivation with them. So we have a dating aspect coming out and we have some um, some fun like group games coming out too. So like people having game night, some type of card games we're going to have on the site. So we have a lot of stuff coming out and then the apps will come out sometime in the next few months. So we have a lot of stuff coming out and and, and like you said, these exclusives. So this stuff that nobody even knows yet. So this <laughs> they know now. <laughs> yeah. so that stuff is coming out on the horizon. All right. So give us the give us the website one more time. What's the website? Uh, the Black Co-op. So the T-H-E. B L A C K C O hyphen O P dot com. And we have posted it in the room. So you keep the hyphen in it, correct? Yep, keep the hyphen in it. Blackcoop.com. So that's the blackcoop.com. Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Facebook Live. You can tune yep. in for the game show. You can also go to the blackcoop.com. Please go in, register. I mean, it's a dope site. I mean, Everything that Ray just said, I, I've tested it out and I've gone on it for myself. I am a member. I don't, we don't push anything that we aren't a part of. And I am definitely a signed member. I can show you my email. I got my confirmation <laughs> almost auto, almost simultaneously as I hit uh, enter. So yeah. the blackcoop.com. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate you. So, um, as I tell every any guest we ever have, this venue is always open for you. Anytime, anything new coming up, just shoot me a message and I will pull you right in. Always, I appreciate it, man. You know, you know, I'm always watching. I'm always. Yeah, I know. Guy. I appreciate that. All oh, right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before before you go, Ray, um, quick question for you. Yeah. If if I was interested in writing like a blog, yeah, is that something that you put on there? Yeah, yeah, we do so, blog articles, reviews, pockets. Basically, as long as if you have something, you say like, "Look, I do this. Well, I want to get it out there. I'm gonna find a way to get it out there for you." Okay. Like I've had stuff that I, ideas that I didn't even have that people came to me with. I was like, "Give me a week. I'm gonna develop this. We will get you the platform." So yeah, whatever you want to do, like you know how to get in contact with me. Like we'll get yeah. you up there. Okay. All right. The com. Don't forget to put the hyphen T H E L A C K C O hyphen O P dot com. I appreciate you, Ray. I appreciate you, too, fellas. All right. All right thanks, bro. All right. Have a good All right. Hey, um, Mike. 
What boy? So, <laughs> hey, listen, this is Juneteenth. You know, ain't no boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm not a boy, I'm a man. And a man would be treated differently from a boy. Probably from one in uh color purple. <laughs> look it up. Listen, yeah. I noticed that uh you and Shannon look a little bit different. Y'all came to Baltimore. Y'all got your head done differently and, and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got Baltimore fired for us. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon got cornrows and shit. She was all natural two weeks ago. Right. <laughs> like hairline all shaped up all nice. Yeah. It was rushed two weeks ago. <laughs> Mike went to the barbershop and told him, put the Beijing around the edges, not on the right edges. Right the edges. Yeah, buddy. Are you oh, done? LeBron, done. Bro. We have another guy. Are <laughs> oh, you done? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> All right, so like I said, I apologize, everybody, for my lateness, but we're going to keep this rolling. It's Juneteenth. Uh, today, we wanted to celebrate black business, um, even though every day we celebrate black business on the Cooley and the Gang show, because from day one, when we started this show, we have always spot put the spotlight on um, black business. And I mean, it's the only business that we knew because most of our friends are black and they have things they're doing. So this has been us from day one. Uh, without a bunch, a lot of people that have supported this show and having their own business, we wouldn't be where we are. So with that being said, he is not a stranger to the show. He is, he's been, I told my wife, Tavon, you've been on this show before, right? Yeah. Yes. When, and I told, I told Shannon, I said, Tavon came, he had the kids. I said, I didn't remember. She don't I'm remember. Sure, but anyway. Going on with this own journeys. That's a lame way to start and introduce you, but my guy. <laughs> my <see>. guy. <laughs> Tavon Mason is in the building. In the gang. And Ray, up, Ray? Ray, if Ray is still watching, Ray, I, I hit the button on the applause, but the volume was down. But Ray, the applause that when you left, I did have applause when you left. So Ray, Ray, you got applause too. I don't want nobody to think. Tavon, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Hanging in there. How y'all doing? Good to see y'all. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Good to be here, considering everything going on. We blessed, man. We blessed. Right. Exactly. Um, since the last time we spoke, I believe when you came on before, you were beginning, you were start, kind of starting a nonprofit, and I think you did the book. Yeah. I think it was around the first, when you released your first book. Yeah. Since then, I, I can't even keep up with you. Like, I mean, you got the, the batteries in your back, and you're moving. Like, you got the beard butter. Um your ph philanthropy, did I get, did I hit that? Philanthropy? Yeah, you hit it. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> give yourself an applause. You see that shit? <laughs> uh, he was about to push the button. That, um, your fundraising that you do, like uh, the clothes and things for the kids, like, I mean, you are doing some good things. So uh, update us real like, uh, what's going on? Uh, before the uh, pandemic hit, we are entering into our eighth year of doing our um, annual character clipper drive um, for different hospitals. Um, and since the last time I've been on, we went from one children's hospital back in 2013 to up to now. We're up to nine children's hospitals, three outside the state of Maryland. Um, we had added on the Ron McDonald House in um, New Hampshire Park in Long Island, near where when I was with the New York Jets. So we traveled up there twice. 
We added the children's hospital at UVA at my um, college. We also hit a, a children's hospital called the Children's Hospital of the King's Daughter in Norfolk, Virginia one year. Um, we added on our healthy snack drop for Camp St. Vincent de Paul. So Camp St. Vincent de Paul is under the St. Vincent de Paul umbrella. But the children who live in transitional homes, shelters, uh, places of that nature, free. And uh, I know like some of us that lived in, that grew up in Baltimore City, we went to those camps and got those brown box lunches. So they would get that from the state. But we wanted to give them like healthy water, healthy drink, snacks to be able to cover them throughout the whole summer and year. For the past four years, we basically filled that pantry up. Um, I did my uh, reading tour in the summer. I took a break last summer. I would do my reading tour in the summer where I would hit three different libraries each month in the summer. My children's book, Avon Does It All, and other children's books, and to promote kids being active and healthy. Um, so we added those two components on. We grew from, we moved on, transition on from the women and children's shelter to doing the men's shelter, which is a cold blue shelter to cater to the men. Um, uh, my wife is a nurse, and she would tell me when a lot of the, the men would leave the hospitals, they had no on the door because they didn't really have anything to cater to them. So we started doing our winter coat and toiletry job for the West Side men, Men's Shelter. And I would always do it. We turned it into a tailgate. So we would do it on the last home game, the last home game for the Ravens, whatever that last home game, that second to last game was for the Ravens. We would go on that Sunday, set up. We have food for them. We have coats we collected, clothes. We would uh, toiletry kits, um, haircuts. Um, so I had a, a good a staff and friends that would come and help put food together, chili, cookies, everything. And, uh, you know, we would sit there and hang out with the men. Um, so we um, added that to our repertoire as well. So it just during the season. So I made a season because I coached in the fall, but um, just made it to, to hit the point and to give back. Something that I felt like I needed to do was my purpose pushed on me by God because I was able to take advantage of going to play, you know, in a, a college. You know, top one college, get an opportunity with the New York Jets, and I just wanted to bring it back here in Baltimore. That's for sure. That's for sure. So, what about um? And I and I I, I do have some questions. Okay, me, I do have some questions. Uh, yeah. I want to I want to ask you a little bit about um. Last season was that that was your first year coaching or second? Um, I've been on this thing for a while, uh, Mike. I um I actually got back to when I've really like done was done done with football my first true season coaching football was actually at Woodlawn High School so that was 2011 2012 2013 in between I coached a uh, professional women's football team um, I left Woodlawn and I went to Stevenson University Stevenson. yeah mm-hmm. also coached track at Parkville High School for four seasons and then I left uh, Stevenson and two thousand after the two thousand seventeen season, and I coached two seasons at Loyola Blakefield, and just was hired this past March during the pandemic. Uh, back at my uh, alma mater, at Woodlawn High, to be the head varsity football coach. You got a championship with Stevenson, didn't you? Yeah, we got our uh, division uh, championship. Um, got a ring my third year. Um, yeah. I started here coaching the tight ends. You know, the offensive style started to switch to the uh, to the uh, run and gun spread RPO. So. The D coordinator actually wanted me to flip over the defense to coach the corners from a wide receiver perspective. And that third year of coaching, my second year on the defensive side, 
we won our division title and made it to the division three playoffs for the first time in school history. And that was like the first time in division three sports for a school that early to get a football program to get that status. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. So coaching champion, college football player, NFL player, philanthropist, uh, all at a young age. I mean, the I've been feeling lately myself like I want to um, do more, like and get into more stuff, and like giving, giving wise. Like I'm trying to find something. Like right now, with everything going on, everybody's trying to find their place and find where you kind of fit in. Like outside of this show, like this is where we vent. So like right. when I watch guys like you, and I um I watch Arthur, um mm-hmm. like you know, that shit hit different. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I see y'all like, and that's why I try, like, if I can do what I can, like, if I got slippers, I'll take them off my feet. So like, when you go into these situations, you go into the hospital, like you have children, like, like how does like, what is that like for you? Like, does it push you more? Does it like, you need a minute to kind of go off to yourself sometimes? Like, you know, how, how does, how is that? It's a humbling because I think, as people, and not just people in general, we take a lot of stuff for granted. Um, so when I go into those hospitals, when I go into the shelters, even when I do the the healthy snack drop drop off, um, it's like a reality check. So it, it it makes me, and even people I'm with, my team, or anybody that goes with it, it make you step back and realize how rich you are. You know what I mean? Despite the money, I think sometimes we get caught up. Uh, I want this. I want that. Oh, I got to make this much money to get this. But then when I go into, especially the children's hospitals on my slipper drive, and you see parents who, uh, you know, they have that picture of their child before and then after whatever happened um, were to happen, and you just see them, they don't want to leave. And the reason why we started that slipper drive was to bring comfort and joy to kids. We know we couldn't get them out the hospital, but if we can give them something to make them smile during that time, or, you know, when you go in and you have some rooms where uh, you had to uh, gown up. I had one year where I had to go fully gown, no, two years in a row, fully gown up in order to go into the room because they was on a protocol, you know what I mean, on a no conference. But when you go into that, especially when it comes to kids, it, it, it makes me humble and um, respect and enjoy the stuff that I have now. I try to instill that to my, my older girls, the younger boys. Older, my two older daughters, I let them know about that. And just, that's why I post those pictures. That's why I post videos of us, you know, prepping to go to the children's hospitals because we can't go actually in the hospital with a camera unless the parents ask, you know what I mean? And, you know, the, the things that touch me is um, one time, like a couple of times, but one time went in and uh, uh, one of the nurses said they the, the child didn't smile the whole time they was there until I came in there and we came in there with slippers and that was like, that was the first time they seen them smile, you know? And uh, so it's pretty cool to see that, that you made that much of an impact off of just giving slippers. You know what I mean? When I first used to do it, people used to laugh and not laugh like uh, that's stupid, but laugh like, wow, I never thought of slippers. But, um, you know, once we get this thing over, just to see the impact of people who um do slipper drives for us and the stuff they pick out, you know, and going in and seeing the adults, how they just, uh, you can tell like they just go back to that childhood to see these slippers is, 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 it's amazing. And like I said, it's, again, it's a, 
a, a step back to remind us of uh, what we have. Um, we should glorify. We should glorify. And we should hold on to it. So, what about uh, since um, COVID and everything? Like, how has that kind of slowed up or switched up as far as um, you being able? I know you can't go into the hospitals now. So, how what are you, how are you guys taking donations? And um, also let let everybody know the website how they can donate. Um, so it's been tough, and I, I will say we actually got two hospitals in hit um, visited uh, February every February, um, either. On Valentine's Day or that Saturday after Valentine's Day, we always visit Kennedy Krieger on near Broadway. So we um, got to visit Kennedy Krieger um, and we take a hundred plus slippers in everywhere we go. Um, and we got to visit, I got to visit one Saturday morning the Mount Washington Pediatric Hospital. And um, so at least we got those two in. We got our uh, winter coat torture drive and before the uh, new year, which we always do either before Christmas or after Christmas. Um, so we're still taking slipper drives, but I always I always tell people, you know, if they want to want to see if we're 100% about what we do and it goes to where we're going at, you know, go to the website, TavonMasonLovesTheKids.org um, and click on our photos, click on our um, TML TKF TV. You can see some of the videos, uh, everything we do, whether it's the slippers, whether it's, me doing a sports fit days because that was one thing that was real big. We would do sports fit days. All of that stuff is on there. Events. We even put other people's events. I'm real big on uh, community community unity. Um, so it's not just posting my stuff. So if somebody I know that's doing something and is 100%, um, I, hey, send me the flyer. I tell them, send me the flyer. I'll post it in, underneath my events tab on my website because I don't have the answer for everything. Um, everybody have a niche. If I don't got it, then I want to make sure people can see who else got it. All right, give me that website one more time so I can post it in the room. Yep, it's www.tavonmasonlovesthekids.org. Boom. <laughs> appreciate you, brother. Uh, uh, anytime I've ever called, just like, like, I appreciate all the love. Like, I appreciate you coming through. Um, just like I told Ray and I tell anybody that we speak to, whatever's going on, if you need five, ten minutes, Mike, I got something going on. Can I jump on the show? It's nothing but a message, and this this venue is always open to you. You yeah, already know. It. Yeah, man, we Thank got very I partner with uh, my boy Joe Gamble, so we're going to have something big coming out soon. I'm going to reach out to you guys. We actually are finishing up our uh, own um, black comic book. So we have, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen, uh, I have posted the uh, cover of the, um, the comic book um, called A Dynamic Duo, but we on a, um, we about to finish up and we want to um, get it pressed up and everything and definitely would love to uh, come on the show and, and talk about our, uh, our um, comic book that we're putting together. Sounds good to me. It's done. So we'll set up a date and we'll get the, we'll... Damn, comic book. Yeah. <laughs> I think the professor always wanted to be a superhero. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my character, my character, my character name would be Mike Pops. Mike Pops. <laughs> hey, hey, listen though. Believe it or not, I, I swear to you, last year, 
I tried to encourage one of my brothers that's a, a artist to draw up a character as a young boy uh -huh. and to show him as a as a comic book character and how he's grown throughout the years and played the series. But for whatever reason, he never did it. Right. And I told him, I said, it's a great time. I said, people are into Marvel. It's 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 a time where we're on we're on a a path of um, black empowerment. It's an awesome time to do it. And he just he just dropped the ball. I didn't understand it, but. I don't know if you guys know who this is, but there's a guy on Instagram named Hugh Brown. And he, he has a doll named uh Flyboy. It's a black, a black doll. And um, I actually bought it. Um rather expensive, but I mean it's a piece of art. And I bought it because it's something that that you don't ordinarily see. We don't really see a lot of black art dolls. Nowadays it's more uh white art, you know. Especially when you talk about dolls and things like that, but it's really important that we we impress upon our, our, our youth that they can be this too. Like the superhero doesn't have to be white. The superhero doesn't have to be something other than them. We read comic books when we were young. We looked at comic books when we were young, and there were very few black characters. It might have been one, you know. But now we got the knowledge. And and I was sitting over here and I was thinking to myself. You know, people talk trash about Woodlawn, they talk trash about Milford, but everybody I know doing something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I I don't know, I don't know what other people's friends are like, but the people that I deal with, everybody doing something. You know. That's true. Yeah, and that's yeah. where a base of our comic book is based off of two young boys and they um you know and and I'll tag the uh the show and my um in the, the comic book cover that I posted and a two young boys in elementary school that stumbles on to me and Joe's football jersey. And when they put it on, it gave them this power. But what okay. we did was, instead of making it fantasy type situations, we made it real life issues that we go through in our neighborhood on, on for us to try to save, whether it's food deserts, um, whether it was bullying. Um, you know, we did one on, um, you know, kind of like the whole takeover of neighborhoods, you know what I mean, from uh, corporate businesses and stuff like that, where we put a child twist on it, but we put real life in it because we wanted to talk about the stuff that's going on for, for our kids now to, gra to grasp and to put that literacy back into it. That's the reason why I wrote my children's book and started the, the reading tours to make literacy fun again. Um, and that's what we did. We're doing in this comic book. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Well, we'll wait around. We'll hang out. And um, once you, uh, once we set it up, Tavon Mason will be back to promote the comic book and anything else he has going on. And I want to thank you again for joining us on our Cooling the Game special, even though we've been doing it, celebrating black business. Episode. I'm going to keep playing that because somebody's going to give me, we're we going to get a fucking peace prize for this shit. <laughs> but uh appreciate it Tavon bro you be safe uh we just got here so we got our mask in the car in the glove compartment so we're gonna mask up and if we see y'all we see y'all oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. You, bro yes sir Any you, bro. Bro. all right <laughs> so we are moving along so you are tuned into the Cooley and the Gang show brought to you by Watts Productions on Blockworks Radio. Shout out to everybody watching this on YouTube, 
Facebook, on Twitch. Um, we even on Periscope tonight. Um, so shout out to everybody that's tuned in and watching. Um, please, if you are doing anything, just take a second to hit that share button. It only takes one second. Just share it. Um, like I told y'all, these guys are on borrowed time to me, and eventually somebody may want to check and can't cash one right now. So. <laughs> Well, should I can go to Black Co-op and get my own damn show tomorrow. <laughs> Black Co-op is out here and everything yeah. going on. Black Co-op. Uh, Karima then snuck in here. She might be hiring. I need to cut a check out for the people. Hello. So, hit that share button. How you doing? Amazing. Amazing. How are I, you? I'm good. I apologize for uh young man there that didn't have all the plans set up correctly. We were supposed to be broadcasting from her beautiful store. But um, we didn't get to have our, our nuts and bolts all in a row. But we will put something together and we will do something from the store. So the professor and I would have been going, mm -hmm. thank you. We were going back and forth earlier. Is it Ash Shakur or Ash Shakur? It's Ash. Told so you. it's Ash Shakur. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. I was wrong. Yes. Right? <laughs> you know what's funny? I was gonna let you have that. I wasn't gonna say that. I was saying like, nigga, I told you what it was. <laughs> yes, it's absolutely Ashakor, and it means Ashikor. grateful, most appreciative. So that's the definition of it. All right. So how long can you hang out with us tonight? I'm here. I'm All here. Right. I have a long you need me. All right, well, Ike is here in the waiting room. He's going to do his finance, or I just told Ike, you know, his time is his time. So he's going to come in, uh, do his thing, and then we are going to go back and our guest for the night. She's hanging out with us. Karima is here. Ash Shakur. Um, I'm going to post it in the room so y'all can go ahead and start looking already to see what's going on. She has clothes. She even has the kids out there teaching them. Yeah, we're going we gonna to touch it. We, we, we're going to talk about it because I'm going to have to get one of those freezy pop cups before I roll out. Yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Them shit, it's that, I just posted, it's that good today, ice. I just posted, what are they called? And freezy cup? It's, it's I just water ice. It's water yeah. ice. Oh, yeah. I call it a freezy cup. All right, let me like I again. Please hit that share button. It only takes one second. What's up, James? James Dickey in the building. James, we in town. We coming to get our cookbook. Can I get my book? We coming to get Ooh. our cookbook today. Did y'all feel like I got that cookbook yet? What's it been? Right. Three years? <laughs> and I ain't got my book. It's been three mm -hmm. years. He's, he was signing cookbooks and everything. Y'all still ain't got one. <laughs> Ike is in the building. Ike, how you feeling, bro? His mic on mute. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. I think your mic muted. My bad. There we go. <laughs> My bad. Happy Juneteenth, good people. Hey, hey. Salute. Same to you, bro. I like the shirt is dope. We saw it on. Yeah, uh, that's on a dope shirt. shirt. Dope shirt. I like the yeah. shirt. Yeah. And just so people know, I'm going to wear this tomorrow because I only put it on twice. Once to take that picture and then once to get on here. So if you see me with it tomorrow on, my business. <laughs> <laughs> my business. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, yo, I really ain't had nothing today, man, because... I just came back from uh, just helping overlook a, um, a, a women's led and, and kids led rally. It got rained out, but they had a nice little rally. But the whole time I was just bothered by this little girl and um, 
and and the um and the sister that got killed today. So y'all gotta forgive me if I don't have no financial gems today because my mind ain't there and everything. Then it's Juneteenth. You know what I mean? You know, I can give y'all something, but it, it, we just gotta do better, dog. God damn. Like, like that's 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 just what's on my heart, man, because it's like who the fuck forgot about the code? Like, I don't give a shit what code, how dirt. I think the dirtiest of dirt, no. No women, no kids. No women, no kids. And it's bad enough we already getting our ass handed to us in other ways as far as, you know, like with the COVID, with the racism shit. But then to still keep reminded that we got this going on in this city and just around us is just like, I don't know. And you take a you take a kid life, yo, what the fuck did little baby do to you, man? So I don't mean to get all intense and serious, y'all, but it's just if you know me, that's that's what's always on my heart. Like I'm probably one of the first crazy dudes that probably go out in the streets and rally and fight for these little babies for whatever, but we just gotta do better, man. That's <laughs> that's all I got, really, man. That's that's where my heart at. And finance tips: if y'all need something, inbox me for the week. I talk to you, but I just ain't got nothing today. So hopefully, the listeners, y'all understand. If y'all know, I'm always on it. But when my heart ain't is somewhere else, my heart gonna be there. Ironically, you asked my boss today because I got on him because I was like, "Why the hell are we at work on Juneteenth?" <laughs> 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 and he was like. <laughs> It's not a hat. It's not a national holiday. I said, "Shit, I don't know who told you. You you leave for Cinco de Mayo, right?" And, <laughs> oh, yeah, man, it's no disrespect to yeah, my folks. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was like, hell yeah, I take off. I said, exactly. Well, I'm taking off half day for this and everything too. Y'all gonna put out that that um that email and all that? Like, nah, dog. Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm mm. We're not doing that today. So um. Yeah, next week I got y'all, though. Next week I got y'all. So forgive me, guys. Next week I got y'all. But y'all know my heart. So, Well, like I told you, your time is your time. When you come on here, your, your, your segment is your segment. However you know you feel like you need to move, that's that's what you do. Hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, for real. Hey, but, but hold up. How y'all celebrating the Juneteenth today? What do everybody do? I, I'm curious about that because – Rain done killed all the little cookouts I seen, but no, no, AI, hey, right, if, if you hit me up, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice house party on Charles Street, yo. I'm telling you, it's nice. Are they, are they social distancing? Somebody, somebody was looking at me crazy. I was at the little rally. They like you all the way in here the back with your mask on. I said, dog, listen. I ain't scared of the COVID. I ain't worried about it. But yo, some of y'all nasty still, dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just had that conversation. Yo, listen, man. Listen. And and because it's crazy because I'm about to go to the gym because I just I just need to let that release out and mm-hmm. since it's open and everything. But mm. it's like, yo, let me tell y'all a perspective from the protests of watching these people, right? Like, you literally shaking all these people's hand and people hand you ain't even know. You ain't even gonna get you a bottle of hand sanitizer to put on your hands and you don't know where this man is gonna go at. And then you're gonna go up here, go touch your mama and your grandmother and them babies and everything. 
Like, I was walking around like, yo, hey, yo, put this on, yo. What's this? Oh, it's hand sanitizer. You need that because you done shook like 10 people hands right there. I'm, I mean, I ain't the health department, but you know, I just don't trust people these days, man. So. And Rudy's talking about going to the gym. Nah, I'm good too. I, I can't mess with it. Hey, look, I hate to run it. I hate to run on y'all. You know, I gotta get in here and go to work. Um, I'll see y'all next week. Mike, no, if y'all do anything tonight, call, if y'all do anything tonight, Mike, get my phone. Yes, sir. If you if she lets you out the house, if not, if she don't let you out the house, then I'm good with uh your father. <laughs> Me and your father gang up. <laughs> yeah, if she don't let you out the house, then uh, don't call my phone, Mike. But tell pops to hit my phone. Like that, okay? All right, Big G. All right, love y'all. Y'all be safe. Have a good one. Uh, you too, bro. All right. Good next week. Because he did charity work today. Oh, that's what's up. Hey, hey, all right. Um, yo, you know what's crazy, yo? Yo, this city is is hemorrhaging so bad, man, and it's it, it, it's a shame because. You know, on one end, you're trying to close a wound, and then it, and it's bleeding out the other end. So you're standing there, and you're looking like, all right, so what do I do? Because I'm closing this end, but this end is just is, is hemorrhaging blood, and I don't know what to do. Like, like how do I help anything? Because everything just looks bad, and the end, it just looks all bad. And the reality, man, these young guys got a misunderstanding, man. And I, you know, I had to have this conversation with my one of my brothers, and I told him like, yo, them old days of the of the of the OG or the big homie or or yo, get out the corner. Yo, them days is over, yo. Them young guys, they don't want to hear none of that. Yo, you can't be out here. Yo, you know, put the guns down. Yo, chill out. Yo, don't hit them. You know, don't kill them. They don't want to hear none of that. I was talking to a dude a couple of days ago, and what he said to me is. These young dudes are looking for their opportunity to die, yo. That's what he said to me. He said, these young guys out here are looking for an opportunity to die. You remember when, you remember, and I brought this up last week and I was talking about something totally different. But you remember when, uh, on, on, on 300, when he was talking about a glorious death. These guys really in their mind think that they are living in a time or living in a, in a way where they're going to be in a scenario and they're going to die and everybody's going to respect them because they got shot or stabbed or was in a major fight or something like man they got they got it confused bro yo it's it's a sad scenario that we got out here yo and you can't talk to them well i think yo, part I, of the problem I, uh, is you thank me to y'all you thank me to again i i think part you of know the what it is, is too. they don't have a, they don't have anything to live for you know, right, it's, it's, it's they don't a, have any. Right, it's you know people are out here and they are put in very very bad predicaments, and then just with everyday life, and when you feel like you don't have nothing to live, you don't have parents, or you can't, you may can't see your child, or you're on child support and you're working, and then they taking part of your check, or you're on probation and you can't go here and do that, and then we're dealing with um you know, just a lot of injustice that's going on. So when you don't really have a lot to live for, you hungry, you know, you don't have a good home to go to, things like that, um, you know, that makes people feel like they can get in the mix. And the mix, we already know what happens. Yeah, it's, it's definitely that. But and, and, and to piggyback off of both of those points is just from being out, ironically, you said 300, is the fact of being out there in the streets with 
you know, and encountering a lot of these kids. One, it is they don't care. They really don't care. And but then they don't have anybody to oppose them. That mm-hmm. that is a they don't have another alpha that comes right. in front of them. Says no, yo, this ain't right. And then when they buck to buck back, and not buck back with oh I got a Glock with me, you know what I mean? But to buck back like, shorty, I'm not scared of you. And just like you're not afraid to die, I'm not scared to die. So what you saying? And that's some of the stuff that we encountered. But you know, one of the biggest, two biggest things that happened, and for all my lady listeners, don't take offense to this, but a lot of these boys are raised by women and there's no men in the house. So they're a bunch of little chumps, right? And I give an example because one young lady asked me, and I still remember back in 2014, asked me to come talk to her son, right? Hey, he's seen you out there with the 300. I showed him, showed him everything. Come talk to him. So I come in the house, and the first thing I notice, I'm bad. I, I tend to notice people's house, like if it's clean, dirty, trash filled, dishes, stuff like that. Sorry, I'm that guy. But the trash was to the, the top. department. Right. <laughs> and she was just like, oh, yeah. She saw me look at it, and she was like, oh, yeah. Hey, come take this trash down. And he he come down the steps, and he rolled his eyes, and he sucked his teeth. Now, <laughs> now in my day, my grandmother rushed her soul. I would have got I turned her front, back, side to side, front, back, and forth, back slapped for even rolling my eyes for doing that, for one. But two, I said, young fella, come on, come take this trash down. Because I always give the approach of, let me be nice to anybody before you get aggression because aggression don't solve nothing. And he was like, man, I ain't getting that, I ain't getting that trash. I said, yo, if you don't get your little ass off them steps and I'll have to come down here and grab you and bag this bag around your neck and make you take it out there, you're going to do it. He sucked his teeth and did the, y'all know the, y'all know the little wobble. (laughs) Come down the steps. He tied a bag up and like, never mind. And she said, Okay, it, no, it's okay. He don't have to take the trash out. What? Well, yeah, I just thought, he already upset. I don't want to make him more upset. Excuse me? No, 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 no. I literally walked him to the trash can and walked him back. And he was sizing me up the same time. I said, I'm just waiting on you to swing. I'm really waiting on you to swing. Because all I'm going to do is drop you on. I'm a Ric Flair. You're right on your neck right now, yo. And he was like, who's Ric Flair? I said, that's another issue. We're not going to have that discussion. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the lack of male presence in a lot of these young boys' lives. You see what I'm saying? For us to step up. And a lot of us already do it. You know, I, I'm pretty sure people I'm talking to here and, and everything know. It was a rule where you could check the other dude's son or his nephew or anybody. Like, you can check him and it won't be, oh, I'm going to get my dad and he's going to shoot you. Now, these days, you got that. Which hands will be like, I'm gonna get my father, he's gonna shoot you. Like, oh, okay. So I don't know, man. I just but but at the same time, I'll never give up on these young boys, man. Cause it's some of them that got hope. You know what I mean? Some of them are us that just need to get pointed in the right direction for real. That's that's really yeah. what it is. They just okay. need the right direction in the right lane and, and something to, something that gives them hope. Because when you just know you want going to die or that death or jail is nothing, that's all you got then that's all you're going to hope for versus saying, yo, oh, I can go out here and be a doctor, a lawyer for real, for real. Like, yeah, you can. You just do it, apply. But 
who knows, man? That's the fight that we're gonna be in, and I'm just I'm scared for my nieces and nephew generation because it's I hate to say it, it's gonna get worse. It's gonna yeah. get worse. And then you got you I have think, some parents out here now. Oh, go ahead. You have some parents out here now. Uh, if you approach their children when they're doing something wrong, they'll cuss you out. <laughs> Duh. You say, hold on, you know, this this kid is disrespecting you. I want to help you put the stop to this, and you want to jump down my back? Right. It's like, and, and that discourages people from really wanting to step up, you know, right. because if, if you ain't got the support of the parent and they see this, then now they're going to get extra with it. No, you know, and then it can escalate. So a lot of people don't even want to step in no more to say nothing. Right. And it's so that's crazy. Like, I'm going to call, I'm a call it. Thing. Yeah, I'm going to call a flag on the play with y'all real quick. I'm going to call a flag. So, Ike, are yeah. you hanging out or you got to go? Uh, what time is it? 7.10. Uh, 10 minutes. 10, 15 minutes. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. All right. Because, Karima, I don't want to forget about you because I see she, you already Oh, you got you already got your sweatshirt on. I sure did, you know, I'm representing. All right, so, <laughs> yeah, so, um, I'm going to let Ike finish up, then we're going uh, to finish up the show with Karima, because I still do want to get by the store tomorrow, I have to, um, if my wife give me some uh, allowance. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, money. I had a budget. Y'all have, have to come together. Like, like we got goals, baby. We got goals. Okay. You know what? As long oh, as you know where you Hold going. on. Let me high five you from the... Yeah. 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 That's how you do it. Yeah. I finally, I finally grew up and started listening. Like, you know, I had to check myself. It took a long time, but I was like, you know what? I need to do things a different way, and this is working for me. So. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Especially with yeah. funny money these days. Work. That's the one thing this COVID is teaching. There's something about money that, woo, if you ain't got it, you, know, you, it, it, you, you, you really appreciate having the ability to pay a phone bill or mm -hmm. to pay your rent or your mortgage mm -hmm. without having no issues. And when you when they take it from you, it ain't no fun, especially when you got no other resources. So, yeah. But I, I, that's what I think we should offer the children. When you're telling the children to stop doing things, you, you have to offer them an option. You can't say get off the corner and then they go and apply for 50 jobs and don't get hired. Or you right. can't say get off the corner and then they go and they are hired and they work, you know, eight to 10 hour shifts, 15 minute breaks, and they get paid $9 an hour. Why should I <laughs> get off the corner? for $9 an hour. It may seem like the right thing to do, but we got to give them options. You can't tell them to, you know, um, don't hang around so-and-so when so-and-so might be the only person that feed them right. throughout the day. You got to offer options. You can't say go to school if every time they go to school, they're getting bullied because they don't have on the right shoes or they don't have a haircut or things like that. You got to offer options when you're out here trying to change a person direction that they're going in and right. i think that that's the issue we don't have an outlet we don't have nothing to offer them when we try to go snatch them so right. i think once we find out um what we're going to do with them 
then we can start going to go snatch up more kids and it'll make sense because we can't just tell everybody about how we came up. Nobody, they don't want to hear that. You know, they don't want to hear, oh, I used to do this. So that's why I know well, I went to jail. That's why I know that's not going to be good enough for these right. kids, you know, to, to tell them your story. They're not going to believe like they're not going to believe it. It's kind of like uh, with the iron, you know, your mom keeps saying it's hot, it's hot, don't touch it. And then you still, somehow, you still, we still get burnt by the iron, but it, it likely it never happens again after we get burnt at yeah. one time. But you got to get burnt first. You got to get burnt first. Yeah. You, you know, our mothers couldn't just say it's hot. You got to say more than it's hot. <laughs> you know, so. I never, don't I date never that got, girl. I never got burnt. I still dated that girl. <laughs> I never got burnt. Oh, really? yeah, we always. We all went through that, going the opposite way of what our parents told us. Hey, listen, you hear me? I want to make this clear. Yeah, we heard you. I never got burnt, yo. That was a fool. That was the wrong. Maybe the hind was wrong. <laughs> All right, so, so we do have some questions and so uh nj rich says do you think we shouldn't make hat do you think we shouldn't make having money a big deal what do y'all think um so say it again one more time I just want to make sure i heard it right do you think we shouldn't make having money a big deal that we shouldn't make money having having a big deal as far as who are you talking about as far as teaching the children? Yeah, or, children. Uh, yeah. children based off the based off the conversation about right. children. Like if we're focusing right. on making money and making money such a big deal, then that might be why one reason why they're on the corner to get that quick big money versus it's okay to have that nine to five making nine to five money. <laughs> I think what that is, I think that I think it falls under the effect of keeping up with the Joneses. Mm. And, and, and I say that because, okay, now y'all done brought me into the finance conversation is <laughs> what people tend to do is they tend to follow other people's happiness and equate it to if they're happy or not. And I say that because we can look on social media and somebody will post, oh, I got a new Benz, right? And in finance, in any way, we call it the reference point. Some people are going to reference that point of that person getting that car and then wonder why they don't have it. So they're going to do everything to value it and say, put value on the materialistic thing. And then it's all about in order to get that materialistic thing, you got to do anything you got to do to make the money to get that Benz. So what you got also, too, is these folks are, we are, like somebody said it, where you getting in trouble, you getting beat up because you got on some um, some some felines or some some kangaroos back on the day or some some Adidas or something like that, but you don't have a fresh pair of Jordans. You don't have the the you know the the fresh pair of jeans, the the I don't even know what the popular jean is now, or you don't have on no uh Versace or Balenciaga and all that. So I think it's being it's 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 oversaturating the world. Look at rap. Right? Everybody trying to keep up with the rap lifestyle and the kids see that. So if they didn't see that, then money wouldn't be such a big deal of saying, as long as I can pay my bills or I got a roof over my head, we don't have those principles ingrained in our head of as long as you got a nice place, 
a car that can get you to A and B, that's cool. But you got to keep up. Everybody trying to keep up and compete with everybody. So is it that or do they not know how to respect money? Because that too. A lot, a lot of adults don't know how to respect money. So if it, it trickles down to their children, and I say a lot of adults don't know how to respect money because I don't know how many times I had a conversation with a hundred somebody with a hundred thousand dollars in their retirement account at sixty, telling me telling me that they're going to retire and they're going to pull a little bit off of it and hope it stretched for twenty years. No, stop making me laugh. And it's not to say make me laugh being a smart ass, but it's literally like yo. Simple math, a hundred thousand divided by ten. What do you get? Ten grand a year. You gonna live off of ten thousand? Unless you're living off of a oodles and noodles and peanut butter jelly diet, like some of us grew up on. You know what I mean? Now black people, we can we can live off of that. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, we we are taught to be survivors. And I'm I'm gonna speak for myself. That was the meal. That was dinner. And you lucky if you got uh, oodles and noodles with. Um, some eggs and some hot sauce in it, you know, to make your little fake Chinese food. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we should teach money. I think we yo, should teach definitely. money, but we should also teach what to do with it, how to invest it, and, you know, and definitely preach taking care of your family. You know, right. it's, a, it's about breaking the curses. So right. if you didn't come from money, then, you know, you raise a family that comes from money. Or you right. raise a family that knows what to do with the money. If so happen, you leave today or tomorrow. Because you can't leave your children with a bunch of money or a bunch of assets and then they don't know nothing. Or you kept everything hidden from them because you felt as though it was a grown-up conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know, And I think that that's how we was raised. We was always taught to stay in the child's place. So we didn't know when our parents got paid. We didn't know how much they got paid. They didn't teach us how much they had to take out for, you know, groceries and to pay which bills. And then with this leftover, you save that. And then you take this little bit and try to survive for the rest of the week. Nobody never taught us that. So when we come from nothing and then we get $2 over rent money, we act crazy. We act crazy with it because nobody never taught us what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that goes to people feel as though it's overcomplicated, which it is, but I'd be amazed at how many people, when I ask them, do you know what simple simple versus compound interest is? Do you know what a fixed versus variable rate is? They don't know. And they'll look at me like, huh? Nah, you you talk, or as I always get, oh, you sound like one of white boys. No, mm. I don't sound like a white boy. I sound like a green boy because <laughs> for me to understand, <laughs> For me to understand it, and and and, y- and y'all know how I do it. Like, um, where is it at? I'm trying to flip my screen. Like, oh, hold on. Like, I literally study this stuff all day. So, and it is complicated. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things where when you take the time to learn it and you understand it, it almost becomes second nature. But then that's where it's folks like how I've taken on my own personal responsibility. And to your point is to teach kids how to manage money because kids don't have a bias right now, right? They don't see black, white. They don't see the black and the red of money and everything. But if you teach them the simple things of it and say, hey, if you save this and do this, you can do this. Or 
you can make enough money to do this. And you talk about your parents talk about buying a, a house. What if you had enough money to buy a block and then somebody ties you into retail and into real estate and shows you how to convert that whole block into a whole, now you the whole landlord, landlord. And I hate to use his name, but now you the black Donald Trump. The, the, the one that we used to, because people might not like this, but a lot of rappers used to love John, Donald Trump, especially if you listen to old 90s music. It was, yeah, it, it, he was in you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I, I think that's the, you, you're right. I mean, if you, it's important, but I just don't think it's one where you want to be like flashing money, them type of mentality. You dismiss that. They got to go. Well, guess what, Ike? You gave us our financial segment for the day, even though you didn't. <laughs> and I know you're trying to get to the gym, and I'm going to be your conscience, and I'm going to hold you to your 10 minutes because you. because I already know you need to you need to sweat, bro. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, so yeah, I, I need that today. We appreciate you for popping in on us tonight. Hey, um, man. As always, I appreciate y'all, man, and, and and continue blessing the wealth to anybody looking and watching this. And make sure y'all keep tuning in. If you don't, don't if don't tune in, I'm coming to find a way to mess your credit up. So. <laughs> 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 but man, all right, it's been love, man. Peace, y'all. All right, bro. All right. Oh crap. Okay. So we are back and um, take a second, hit the like, hit the share button. You only had to hit the like button. Just share, hit the share button. Hit that share button, Cooley in the gang. Blockworks Radio, Watch Productions, we are here. My wife keeps telling me stop moving the mic close, but I can't help it. I feel like I can't hear myself. Um, we are joined by, and she has been so patient and just jumped right in. It's like she's been here before. Karima is here. Ashakor. So is Ashakor... Is it a is it like a global brand of more or is it the clothing brand itself? So is there, is everything under Ashikoda? Because you do a lot, so we want to talk about that. So so explain that, break that down for me. Everything is under Ashikoda, so it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It might be Ashikoda. I adore for the bed products. It's the Shakur Brothers for the franchise with the Westfield. I mean, with the Philadelphia water ice, it's Ashakur, the brand, which has clothing and everything like that. Um, the only thing that has a separate name is the juices, and that's Manish. Everything else is under the Shakur, Ashakur window. Yes. So how did it come about? Um, it actually came about um, <clears throat> just after I had became Muslim. And when I was doing my research on different, you know, names, different meanings, definitions and words and things like that, Islamic terms, and um, during that part of my life, and when I started the business and even thought about the business, I just felt like I was grateful. I felt like I was appreciative, you know, just for the fact of being able to study Islam, what it was doing for me in my life. And that's the goal that I wanted. And I also was going for a universal language. So I didn't want it to be, um, it started off where I thought that I would just target only Muslims. And then um, that's not the case. It grew to where as though people that weren't Muslim, 
they were actually supporting the brand and things like that. They actually kept the doors open when I first started off because the Muslims didn't even know that I existed. So um, once that happened, I just was, I wanted to go with a universal language, some, something that everybody could relate to. And that's how we got Ashapur. So the design, you came up with the design, but the design is pretty much the name just in, in Arabic. Arabic. Mm-hmm. Yep. What, what is he hooning over there for? Like, do you do you have something to say, sir? <laughs> you know I mean, he, he ain't going to be on camera. <laughs> but you, but you're, yeah. you're humming. So, it's, so it does say Ashakur, and um, it's the design, and it's in Arabic. So it would be written the same way how it was, you know, on Instagram. But you know what caught me about it? English. And I I knew that was the name on the clothing, but it I don't know if this was purposeful or what, but it just looks like it fits for what you were trying to do. So was that the initial goal or did you have other designs of how to do it or did you just saw it and was like that that's it? It just was meant to be. Um, it kind of just fell into place, you know. Um, I haven't did he laugh for that. Because when I first started off, I didn't even know what it looked like in Arabic. I just knew what I what the meaning was, but I didn't know what it looked like. So if you go back to 2013, when I first started off, if you look back at those T-shirts, it actually said as Shakur. It didn't mm-hmm. say it didn't have it in Arabic because I didn't know at the beginning. And that's something else that I want to point out. Don't wait till you have all the answers to start your business. You're never going to have all your answers, um, no matter how hard you try to dot your I's and cross your T's. You're not going to know everything starting off. And and don't wait for people to point you into the right direction because for the most part, they won't. You'll learn a lot of things off of trial and error. So don't be you know, afraid to jump out there or don't be afraid to sometimes have to self-teach yourself, you know, um, you don't want to wait for other people to kind of hand you the blueprint once you get started believe it or not people that know things that you want to know they're going to come to you they're going to naturally gravitate to you so you've taken this you've taken the one business and and how have and i see that you have you know your children mm-hmm. uh, how how long did you wait like explain that whole process to me what was that conversation like um, I had a hard time just getting my kids to empty that <laughs> damn trash and cut the grass like so, but I don't pay. So, <laughs> so um, that conversation, like I said, has been seven years in the making. They are, they are like store babies. So when I first had, when I had the first store, that was seven years ago, um, they were younger. So they grew up in the store. They grew up in the store. They grew up watching it. They watched me then because I also then at the Jumar on Fridays and things like that. So they've been watching it. And um, I think it wasn't until they were applying for jobs and weren't getting hired. You know, like my daughter, she was hired. But after three years of working at the casino, when they laid, when the coronavirus started, they laid her off and then wouldn't give her unemployment because um, they were saying the casino was owned by Las Vegas, Nevada. You, you've never, you haven't worked in Maryland. That, that's what they were saying. So it opened my eyes up to saying, I got to do something for my children, you know, so that they don't have to really worry about 
other people. So I came, I came to them and I asked them, um, I presented the idea. Uh, I felt as though it was something that they could manage and handle because it's water ice, it's ice cream, you know, it, it doesn't cost that much. So the highest cut is $5. So it's easy to keep track of the, um, you know, the financial side of it. It's easy to sell because you're a kid. It's easy to sell ice cream. So, and then it's summertime. So what's the best time to start something dealing with ice cream than in the summer? So that's how I came up with that. And they would, they jumped on board. And for the first week, it was tough. It, it, it was tough, you know, with just um, coordinating and one person thinking that they're the boss and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, them dividing their own money, telling each other who gets what cut. And so, you know, the first week and a half, I want to say it was a little difficult. Um, I almost pulled my hair out, but <laughs> I started telling them like, listen, I'll just take the whole business and hire somebody. So what do y'all want to do? Next thing I know, everybody tightened up. And got on track and got with <laughs> Got on track, yep. So the, the clothing industry mm-hmm. and um, how like we had, we talked to um, John over at Cashland and he was telling us like, you know, it's, it's not a run and gun type of situation. Like if you want to be around, you really have to put some legwork in some, you have to know what you're doing. So how you jumped into an industry is almost, they say the restaurant industry, like restaurant and clothing to me are like two things. Like you can't just jump into just because. So what okay. gave you the courage to just to take on clothing? Um, I got the courage from, like I said, once I became Muslim, I had to cover, which anybody that knows me before Islam, they know that I wasn't covering and things like that. So I was into fashion, but I felt like um, once I had to cover, I, in my mind, I was thinking that I couldn't be fashionable anymore. So, um, and then giving people the salam, being a new Muslim, and then you salaming guys, and everybody has beards and things like that now. I was salaming people, and they were like, I'm not Muslim. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. So what happened was I started to think, like, well, maybe I should start um, a clothing line. And whereas though I can still do fashionable things, but not actually wear them. That's how it started off. Because when I first took my Shahada, I didn't really know how to dress as a Muslim. Um, So I didn't know how to cover my hair and things like that. So I was just having fun with just different fashion and things like that. And then was trying to make something for men because um, the beard thing was becoming trendy. So I was trying to separate the two. Like I said, when I first started off, I was targeting only the Muslims. And then it kind of took its own turn. And I mean, you know, the rest is, I guess, history. <laughs> now, do you do you make your own clothes? So what I do is some of the clothes are made by hand. Some of the clothes are customized. Um, and then... Um, the beard butter, things like that, I make that by hand. The juices, I make that by hand. So the only things that's not made by hand is the custom items. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let so, people know how they can reach out to you and how where they can come to 
partake in the products and everything. Okay, so you can reach out to me on Instagram and that's ashakur underscore. Um, I also have an email. Um, so I am taking, um, I'm sorry. I am taking emails and things like that. If you want to book the Shakur brothers, um, they are doing graduations, um, special occasions, birthday parties, etc. They are mobile. Um, and also I have a location where you can come in, you can purchase items there, you can make custom item, I mean custom orders there, etc. And that's on 
that we are dealing with now, it would be appropriate. I think it, I think that would turn very badly if a person that didn't have the ability to protect themselves or anybody else uh, coming to someone's house to have a conversation about what's going on in there. We got a call that something was happening in there. I think I think that might could turn be bad. bad. Yeah, I think that's not going to work yeah. out so good. Now, are they going to have the police escort with them, that's what I was or they just going by themselves? I saw it a couple of different ways. Uh, the first time I saw it, they said they would accompany them, and then I saw it again as they would go instead of. Well, One I don't think that anybody should be answering a nine one one call uh, unarmed. That's one thing. Um, we just seen a situation where um, Raynard, that was a call that somebody was sleep in the drive through. To me, that would be something that's nonviolent. He sleep in the drive through, and it turned out to be deadly at the end. So. I don't think that, you, what I think is that the police officers, they need more training. It's, exactly. it's no way that you should be able to, if it takes seven or eight years to become a lawyer, to learn law is, I don't know how it can take only a few weeks, couple months to enforce the law. You don't really exactly. know the law in a couple weeks if, if you have other people going to school for seven and eight years. How do you know it? to enforce it, and that's why the law isn't being enforced right, because they don't know the laws to begin with. They just know how to pass the training, and I guess have the clean yarn and the background. <laughs> you know, that's all, and the diploma. That's all they need. That's not enough, um, because I don't, and, well, let me say this. I also don't believe that you should be policing areas that you don't have no knowledge of. That's just, that's another issue for me. If you don't have no knowledge of the areas, the people that's there, if you can't relate to the community, then you're like a fish out of water. You're not going to know how to tackle certain issues when it comes on, you know, anywhere. And see, and like, as you said, a lot of the, this all stemmed from the, uh, the murder of mm -hmm. Rashard Brooks, excuse me. And um, I could not watch the uh Amal Aubrey, I couldn't watch that video. I just couldn't. the The still clip was enough for me. I could I could mm -hmm. tell that it was something I couldn't watch. My wife watched it. I couldn't watch it. This video I did watch it. I watched it all the way from the beginning, from when they knocked on the window. I watched his conversation with them, all the way up until he ran. And it was one of those things like as soon as they wouldn't put the cuffs on him, you automatically knew. Oh, he don't want to go. You knew he had something that kept him from wanting to be locked up. But when yeah. he cut off running, I never in my life have felt till that moment where I wanted to jump through the TV and just tackle him and say, just keep still, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, I just wanted to jump through the goddamn TV like, yo, keep, just keep still. Just don't do not do it. But, you know, by the time he took off, but I don't know. It's just... Mm -hmm. so did, I, I'm did still not at the point where I'm ready to preach. Did y'all see the video, though, of the white... It was a white guy that got pulled over by a cop and he uh, jumps out the car on the cop. The cop tases him. The dude just screams and take off after the cop. He took off running. And the cop ran, the cop, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, can you imagine if he was black, how that would have turned out? Once that tase ain't worked, they would have shot his ass. But he chased this cop 
he jumped back in his car, ran into the cop car, and the whole time the cop just the cop ended up falling and hurting himself that he never pulled his gun out. So you had the right at that point to do something because you your life was threatened. Mm-hmm. I I think that when they see a white man, they're not threatened. They feel like they can beat them. But when they see a black man, they feel like, oh, you know, my life is in danger just because he's just black and he may be a little bit bigger or his skin is dark or whatever the case may be. I think they are intimidated by black. That's that's why they come through the door with force. It's always almost as if they kind of, I want to say they set the black person off because as blacks, we're taught, you know, tighten up. The police could just be, just get behind you, not even pull you over. We sit up straight, <laughs> you know, we uh, roll the window down a little bit. If we doing anything that we don't have no business doing, we, we clean it up, <laughs> we do all that. Just because we might have an interaction with the police. Why is that? And I feel like we feel like, you know, we're a little bit threatened by them and they are absolutely threatened by us. And I did feel the same way that Mike felt when he said that once he ran off, I was thinking like, oh, I should grab him. But after I seen the clip that he did talking about how he wanted a mentor and how he didn't like how, uh, you know, the parole officers, they just turned them loose in the community and just they monitored them through an ankle. Uh, through their ankle uh, bracelet or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're not giving them any assistance. And I, that kind of hit my heart because I felt like nobody really wants to go to jail. And it's not so much that it's jail, but it's just how they treat us once they get there. I think that we kind of know what we did and it, and it might cause us to go to jail. We have that in the back of our mind whether we want to get caught or not. But once you get there and you see how you're being treated, how you're being fed, what happens, how even once you are released, how you're still locked up basically in your home and you have to listen. No, Some people mentally can't go through that again. So I felt I felt as though for him to be intoxicated and still be able to remain as calm as he remained all that time, you told him to go off and go to sleep, pull over, and basically told him to go to sleep. And then the officer came back to nitpick with him again after you had already told him to pull over. And then when he came back, then that's when the situation, he started asking them questions like about the money in his pocket. Why does that matter? What, what you know? So now you're making it um, a tense situation. Whereas though I felt as though he kept his cool for a long time for an intoxicated person. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, normally intoxication time. makes a person enraged. I didn't see that out of him until they started trying to take him to jail. And it's like, why are you trying to lock me up? I just fell asleep, or you he know, wanted, okay, wanted, I'm a little intoxicated, but call somebody to come get me. You know, tell somebody that they got to come get me, because they will do that. They they will wait. Uh, you know, and if your license is closer? suspended, if your license is suspended, they're going to tell you all the time. They don't lock you up. They say call somebody that can come move the car, or we're going to tow it. And they give a person time to get there. Sometimes they could have did the same thing with him. We're going to tow the vehicle, or you know, call somebody to come get you. Or we're going to tow the vehicle. 
that's not how you handle that that situation. Correct. And didn't he say he he lived close enough that he could walk home? He did say that, but he was Just thinking that he wasn't actually where he thought he was at. Okay. But the officer was nitpicking at that time. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. he had already told him to go park. He went and parked. And then you came back to ask him, you know, asking him questions that you knew he wasn't answering correctly because you know where he at. So why are you asking him, do he know where he at? So can I, let me play devil's advocate off of what you said because that's what okay. I like to do. Because I, I, I like for us to be able to conversate. If I am a white police officer and I'm living, we're going to use Maryland, for example. I'm, I, I live out in Essex. I've, I've grown up out in Essex. I've gone to some predominantly white schools. I know I've had a few sprinkles of color in my life, but not enough to make a difference. But I love, I love nigga shit. I love watching The Wire. I love, I love Tupac. I love looking at Juice. So I see how things can go for me. Like I don't watch Color Purple or like we were talking about living single. Like, no, nah, I like everything raw about black people. Now I'm a police officer and I'm living in Essex, but I'm working down Sandtown. And I come to a call. Isn't it already in my head of how I think black yeah. people are when I approach? Yeah. That, that misconception, and I'm not, and that's that not a defense. Of how you need to know it. your neighborhoods that you're patrolling. You need to know your neighborhoods that you're patrolling. Yeah, bring off see, the friendly back. Yeah, really, really, you mm -hmm. you should live in the in the neighborhood that you patrol. You should have been raised in that neighborhood. And see, and that's the hard. I know that's too that much, like true. right, but I'm just saying you should have some type of knowledge. But what if they not apply? What if mm. nobody from the neighborhoods applying? So but do we, do we think they need to adjust the criteria? People are applying because people don't want to be the police because nobody wants to be the person that everybody's afraid of. Nobody wants to be the person that comes around and destroys families. Everything that we've witnessed the police doing has been all negative. So we so our children aren't going to want to be the police when they didn't see the police, you know, slam their fathers down, um, lock them up for years and years and years, you know, plant drugs on them, um, you know, come into the community, disrespect their moms and their sisters and things like that. When we see all of that, it, it's kind of hard to say, oh, I want to apply to be a police officer. So what know, about but, but somebody has to do it. And then oh, I think it's they won't allow you to patrol in the area you grew up in. I think I heard that. They tell you you have sure to buy a house in that <laughs> that you you have to live in the county if you're a county officer. You have to if live work in, in the, the city, city if you're a city officer. But why you can't come up in that neighborhood or at least oh, know something about it? Okay. So what about? So I mean, this is great. Like, do you all see any sort of? Oh, have we seen the worst? Or do you all feel there's more to come? Well, no, don't answer that. <laughs> Defund the police. Is that the answer? Mm. Hell no. No. Uh, a little Not bit. Not at all. All right, uh, let me give you no. an example of what I saw the other day in North Carolina. <laughs> I think a little bit. I think they could use a little tax cut. A little cut. Okay, let me know. Let me tell me if you agree after this. So, uh, I never had a garage before until we moved down south. I love my garage. 
like garages are the shit. If if you don't have a garage, get a garage. Garages are the shit. Yeah, it's um, a mini house. It's like a yeah, apartment you know, away I, from home. You know, you live in the city for so long. Like I had to pay to park in East Baltimore because I live by Morgan. So when we move down there and I can put my car in a, a building and I ain't got to get wet when it rain or wait for it to get shit. But whatever. So I'm out of the garage now. So my wife, Shannon's usually in there. She does her jewelry thing. But we like to leave it open when you're in there. So I just popped out to talk to her and you can see two guys, they look like salesmen approaching. So they, they walk up into the driveway. She makes eye contact, which you should never do with anybody out in the street. I didn't make eye contact. <laughs> so she's telling him, if you're selling something, I don't want it. And he was like, Lower no, no, gaze, no. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, so, let's be real. This is what happened. They let me finish. Up. This one so, ran on me. Yeah, I, I left. So salesman coming, I'm like, no, you need to talk to her. I went in the house. <laughs> so I'm in the house. I'm in the house. So all of a sudden, I hear her cussing because that's her mode. I so go I, zero I go. Yes, I go outside. So apparently, they weren't salesmen. What they were doing was one of the guys' car was broken into. No, no. So they it wasn't even it wasn't even the guy that approached. It was a neighbor's. His neighbor's car got broken into. So the two of them are walking through the neighborhood with video of the footage and knocking on people's door, like, "Hey, do you know this person?" My oldest son had just happened to been coming home when they were out there and they're questioning her and telling her they want to talk to him and bring him outside because he had a, because he was wearing Nike. black, Nike black flip-flops. That matched, like the dude. That matched the description of the guy in the video. He had the same flip-flops on. So they are in turn policing the neighborhood on their own. So now I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad I went in the house because it could have been a whole nother conversation because first of all, I'm not bringing my son back out here. So you can question him and you're not the damn police. Now the professor's probably going to make a face when I say this, but it could have got ugly out there. You know, I don't play, you know, I, I'd have, you know, rolled up my sleeves and I'd have, I'd have had to put his eyes out, right? I'd, I'd have scratched his eyes. <laughs> don't, 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 don't do that professor. But, but that was, but, but when it happened, that was an example of me. Okay. So this is what people want. They want to, it's like uh, back in the Wild West. You, we all want the Wild West law now. We want to go back to the Wild West. And are we ready for that? So some years ago, I don't know if you guys remember, but some years ago, we kind of tried that. Indirectly, that's what they tried. Do you remember when they had the Guardian Angels? I do remember the Guardian Angels. So they tried like, that before. Uh, Red Berets and all that. I don't know yeah. anything about the Guardian Angels. They you don't remember some... the Guardian Angels? No. Just where was that? Some... <laughs> you probably just don't, don't know what your name was. You, you were around during that time. If you was around, I'm sure I was around. Yeah. <laughs> but they tried the guardian angel thing before, um, and they were basically, for lack of a better word, citizen patrol. That's really what they were. They would try to um, do like citizens arrest, or they would try to deal with whatever the situation was prior to the police getting involved. But let me say this. As the years go on, we notice a, a, a shift in aggression with the people that are, that are coming for every year. Every year, the aggression level changes. And I know our parents said it, and I'm quite sure our parents' parents said it, and we said it when we were younger. I know if you think back, wasn't that long ago for some of us, uh, we would say, Things are different, mom, or things are different, dad. It's not like when you were younger. Mm -hmm. And these young guys today, that's what they're saying. Things are different, mom. Things are different, dad. It's not like when you were younger. And they're right. It's not. 
today. You couldn't you couldn't put your uniform on and turn your little hat to the side or your little beret to the side and tell these young guys get off the corner. Look, Paul Mooney got a stand up and he said, "Remember when they had the whites only water fountain and you couldn't as a black person go drink out the water fountain?" He said, "Go tell these young guys today they can't drink out the water fountain. For sure. There won't be no damn water fountain." He said, "Damn, <laughs> tear the whole shit off the off the wall." They should because nobody <laughs> should be telling people. What to do? Where so, to right. drink from? Where to? So 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 here we go. Where they can live at? So you the, know? so the question right. is, could citizens police their own neighborhood? I think if there's a relationship there. Yeah, that's the body name. Oh, oh, they. I, I definitely <laughs> don't remember them. They don't look like they were scary at all. They look like some guardian angels. I see why that didn't last long. <laughs> they look like yeah. some guardian angels. Yeah. They don't look like they go bust a grape with a fruit fight. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I saw a video where, and I don't know how true it is. You know, the internet come up with all kind of little craziness. But I saw a video where somewhere, and I sent it to you, Mike. You remember we talked about that? Uh, basically, a group of people. Um, took over like a six block radius. Oh, out there in Seattle. And they took over the police station because the police had abandoned the police station to come out and deal with the rioting and the, the protests. When they abandoned the police station, these guys took it over. They got machine guns and rifles and they are basically holding down a six block radius. And mm -hmm. what I said to Mike is this. On the surface, we think that that's a good idea. But here's the reality. The rea reality is the only reason why they're still there is because they didn't want the the United States as a whole didn't want to do anything about it. Yet. The reality is, like I said before, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. In order for people of color to really become successful, we got to own some sort of distributor. And if we don't have a distributor, that means that our food, some kind of way, is going to come through a white man. I don't care how you how you pull it. Oh yeah, that's that block. Yeah. Mm. So I don't hear, I don't care how you pull it, it's gonna come through a white man. And when that happens, they have the ability to stop that food, they have the ability to stop the bullets, the water, everything. So guess what's gonna happen? All those people in that circle, they're gonna have to bring their ass out sooner or later. We or, can't start anything until we own something. That's one thing. You're right. We don't own we don't yeah. own our schools, we don't own our markets. We don't own, uh, sometimes we don't even own our businesses. You know, we just renting. I, I, you know, I'm renting. You know, at the end of the day, you, you own your name, but you don't own the land or your home. You know, so at any given time, even if you got a mortgage, it's not your house. Right. I, people need to understand that. It's not yours yet. You're working towards it being yours, but it's not yours yet. And at any given time, they can come in and, and, and take. So it, if we ever try to get out of line, that's what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. So before we can try to fight anything, we, you know, we have to own something. We have to own something or we have no fight. You know, we're just going to go out here and yeah, we may kill some and be killed. But what did we accomplish no. if we have to still go back and ask them for help no. afterwards? Nothing you know, we didn't accomplish anything. So I think yeah. what we have to do is start teaching our children. And I'm not saying that um, everybody should be business owners or anything like that, because 
you know, somebody has to go to school to be the teachers, to teach our children. Somebody has to go to school to be a doctor, to, uh, you know, so that we'll know that vaccine, hey, y'all better not get that. <laughs> you know, we need somebody, you know, somebody has to be in charge of um, the market. Some people have to work and do those type of things too. So we have to stop making it seem like it's not cool to go to school. Mm -hmm. You know, it may not be cool to be in debt, but guess what? You could get good grades, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th and go for free. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to work a little, a little bit harder. Now I'm not saying go, go into debt because I'm really not a big fan of getting deep into debt. Um, I'm the type of person that if I can't buy it, I really don't want it a lot of times. You know, it has to be something that I really, really, you know, going to benefit from if I buy it and I don't actually own it, like something like that. So, I mean, long story short, I do believe that if we don't own anything, we have no fight. And we have to stop making it seem like it's um, not cool to go to school or to be a politician or to um, work as a prosecutor or be the local um, clerk at the market and things like that, or own the market or grow our own, you know, vegetables and fruits and stuff like that. We got to stop making it seem like that stuff isn't cool. We need it or, or else we're going to always have an issue. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't even really. She said <laughs> I think that's a good way to end. I, I, um, I appreciate it. Yes, whatever you want to do, y'all do it. But have the passion because if you're doing something that you love to do, it won't feel like work. People want to know how do I do so much because I'm passionate about everything that I do. They want to know when am I going to sleep? Never. I don't know when I'm going to sleep. I'll get some rest when I can. But I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. I'm, I'm motivating myself by doing what I'm doing. I'm motivating other people by doing what I'm doing. And that's what recharges my battery. So whatever it is that you want to do, make sure that you're passionate about it. And it won't feel like work. Don't be discouraged. You know, stay focused. And definitely, you know, take care of your own. Take care of your own. Support your own. Stop asking your own for discounts. Stop asking your own to do things that you won't ask Walmart. To do. You know, I had a person ask me, why you don't have this in there? I brought the, you know, I brought the sweatsuit. Why you don't have the socks to match? And I'm like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> if you go in downtown locker room right now and ask for eight, they probably don't have it. You're not going to ask downtown locker room why they don't have a size eight. You're not going to ask Walmart why they don't have toilet paper in here. These are big corporations. Why are they running out? They sold it or they mm -hmm. never had it. <laughs> you know, same way with me. Don't expect, you know, stop expecting so much from people that's just, because we just figuring it out as we go along. Nobody, we don't come from it, the things that a lot of us are trying to do. We don't come from it, so we're figuring it out as we go along. So have a little patience, you know, lift, uh, uplift your own and, you know, support your own. You done hit it on the head right there, sister. Right. Everything uh, you just said, I, I feel you on that. Mac, you got anything before we roll out? Well, you know what I always say, believe in yourself. You got the power within you to create the life that you want, um, but it don't come free. It don't come 
just out the blue. You got to work for it. You got to put energy and effort in it. And just like she was saying, you find something that you love doing that's not work. Find something that you're passionate about. Um, how Confucius said, find something you love and you never have to work a day in your life. Hmm. Professor, top that, sucker. Uh, only thing I gotta say is is uh, I I never got burnt. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> meet him, meet him, please. If it's okay, like, please meet him. You dwelling on that too much. You dwelling on that too much. Look, 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 we might have to check his paperwork. He's still thinking about that time, that that one time in band camp. <laughs> He's still thinking about that one time in band camp. <laughs> I, told him, I told him we about to do the win the date with the professor contest, so that's still coming, uh, ladies. So submit your applications, win the date with the professor. <laughs> um, uh, thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Uh, we are going to keep resharing. Um, our audio is up now on uh, Spotify, Google Cast, Anchor. Um, so the, the audio of the shows are up now. Um, just like Karima said, like I have a renewed passion. My wife, I'm getting my energy and love to do this show again from the energy I'm getting from my wife and her love to do, um, sell her jewelry, glam chasing G L A at G L A M C H A Y S N C H a oh, you gotta get that together. Okay. You gotta get that together. <laughs> it's, a spin, it's a spin on our daughter's name, so he was actually spelling her name. I was trying to spell her name. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. You get a pass. We're right. gonna give you a pass this time next week. Promoted for manager already. Yeah, I just want to say, I today I did support two local um, businesses. I did cigars from Trace Cigar Diva. So Michael put it up in. The Coolina game, game page. So I grabbed some cigars from her and Mickey Mixers. I'm trying to tell y'all. These, these, these right here. I already drunk not even a half. And I don't think I need to drink anymore. So we'll Ooh. be getting information. Guess she ain't driving. Woo, no, I'm about to go out with the girls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Karima. Uh, look, keep that gaze, Lord. Stay <laughs> there with lights on when she come back in, Mike. I want to thank everybody, all the guests we had today. Um, business, any other business out there, this is always a place for you to come. Um, Karima, we did not just meet. Uh, your spirit is the same way it was when we were younger. Like you were still the same. Your smile, everything. Every time, everybody I told you were going to be on the show, it was nothing but good things they've always had to say about you. So you already know. Um, Thanks for having thank me. Much. Thank Thanks you very much. I wish you guys all the success. Thank, I, want the Shakur brothers, I want the Shakur brothers next. Okay. <laughs> only going they will to, love it. Listen, they already told me to add the uh to give them a plug. So you have 40mb.ron and you have LRG9. That's what they told me. <laughs> brothers, there you go. And, uh, the Shakur fam. <laughs> we, want, we, want, we want them to uh, spotlight where they're going to be, especially while it's still warm in summertime. So we will put that together. All we need is about five, 10 minutes. They can promote their business and we would appreciate that. Great. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So as I always say, let the absolute obstacle. Mm. Mm, hey. Did you hit the, you hit the pouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what he sound like. He's slurring over there. Let the, <laughs> let the obstacle before you provoke the power within you. <laughs>
it's the cool <laughs> We see y'all next week. I ain't got time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll right, talk to y'all later. <laughs> All right. See you.